Hi, and welcome to the DP World Tours Life on Tour podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Porter, and today we're talking to a man who has been one of the real Cinderella stories in the world of professional golf the last couple of years. And this week, he'll be defending his title at the Betfred British Masters. Richard Bland, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Good to be on. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, last week, you teed it up at the Catalonia Championship. Uh, You had a busy start to 2022. It must have felt pretty good to be back on European soil. Yeah, yeah, sort of 2022 has been a bit stop-start really for me. Um, yeah, it was kind of, you, you kind of get a lot of tournaments early uh, and then it kind of quietens down for a little bit and uh, and then, I, then I, I was in America for a couple of weeks and yeah, I've been home for, I think I had like about a month off before the match play uh, between Rasselkeima and the match play and I've just had three weeks off. So it's been kind of quite hard to sort of get a, a proper sort of, run of events going and, and, and to feel like you've got a bit of a rhythm going. So, yeah, I, I've got a pretty busy period now all the way up to, like, the Open. So, um, so yeah, hopefully you can try and sort of string some string some results together. PGA Catalonia, the venue for last week. Strong golf course, isn't it? Yeah, I've played a, I think we've played a couple of Spanish Opens there. I played a tour school there many moons ago. Yeah, it was in great condition. Yeah, it's, it's a tough track anyway. Um yeah, it's it's kind of one of those courses. I also say you can't fake it around there. You you've, you've got to play well, and I kind of I kind of got found out a little bit on some, uh, yesterday. You know, and that's and that's great. You know, if if you if you don't play well, you you need to be punished for it. Uh, and and so many of the players were actually saying it's such. I think the week before was pretty much the same as well. Um, so you know you kind of get the guy that's playing probably the best golf comes out on top, whereas sometimes that's yeah. maybe not always the case. It could be a bit of a putting competition, that kind of thing. So yeah, the setup was fantastic. Um, you know the rough was up, so um, yeah, it was a really good test. And you know all the players are sort of like, yeah, we we want this kind of test more. Not necessarily, I wouldn't say week in week out, but a bit more often would be great. <laughs> Well, you mentioned you'd been in the US for a couple of weeks playing tournaments over there, the WGC Dell Match Play and then the Valero Texas Open. A couple of good finishes and uh, culminating in that tie for 29th in San Antonio, ultimately fell just short of your goal of qualifying for the Masters. Uh, how gutting was that given that you did actually reach the top 50 the week after qualification? You know, I kind of knew I probably had to beat DJ uh, on the Saturday morning, which is no... No sort of easy uh, task, um, but you know I gave it everything, and you know, uh, yeah, I got sort of two up on him early, and uh, and then he kind of then proceeded to hit me with seven birdies in eleven holes. So yeah, I kind of don't care what kind of golf you play, and that that's pretty tough to to come up against. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, you know, to, to just to fall three spots short, and then to kind of get in the week after, yeah. You know, obviously, I would have loved to have played that event. Um, you know, knowing that I'm playing the PGA this this year, it's the only major that's missing that I haven't played, and, and having played Augusta before as well, you know, I, I can only imagine probably what the tournament is to to play like. Especially, yeah, you know, this year it was back in front of all the patrons as well. You know, it must be very, very special. And uh, yeah, I think I was the only guy that week in the top fifty not pegging it up. So that was a uh, yeah, not, you know, not nice, but uh, so yeah, you know, making the top fifties a you know a, a huge thrill for me, but yeah, I was there was kind of that sort of bit of disappointment that came with it as well, but um, you know, hopefully, you know, it's given me something to you know really get my teeth stuck into and hopefully try and 
stay there um, by December the 31st, so I'm automatically in next year, so we'll see. 50-year-old rookie, sounds good to me. But you, uh, <laughs> you, first, uh, you first announced yourself, really, in the United States last year when you led the US Open through 36 holes at Torrey Pines. Very solid showing at the WGC Dell Match Play this year, uh, making it through the group stages and halving with Bryson. Now, what's the fanfare been like in the US? Yeah, they've been great. You know, it's very different. Um, yeah, they're a bit more sort of rowdy and boisterous than, than probably what they are in, in Europe. Um, so, yeah, you know, you've kind of got to, you, you've probably got to take a little bit of the rough with the smooth with that. You know, you know some are on your side, some are not. That's fine. Uh, I get that. But, yeah, all in all, I would probably say it, it's pretty positive, you know, and they've been great. You know, I've got a, I've had a lot of messages from people in America that, have said that they, you know, they like the way I play the game and, you know, and they've taken inspiration from, you know, my performances over the past sort of 12 months. And, uh, and, and that's really nice to, nice to hear. And yeah, you know, I look forward to going back and, uh, yeah, and hopefully I, I, you know, I can play a few more tournaments over there, but, you know, we'll see. It's, uh, you know, it's very much sort of world ranking dependent, you know, because I'm not a member of the PJ tour and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to going over to the PGA in a couple of weeks. And I'm playing the Colonial the week after. Uh, I'm already in there, so I'm going to play that in Dallas. Uh, and then we'll see. See about Memorial. Um, obviously, this is US Open as well. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens sort of later in the year as well. Well, let's quickly rewind back to the beginning and where it all started for you. How and where did it all begin? And did the love of golf, did it click instantly? Yeah, I, well, you know, when I was kind of a young kid, you know, I used to play football um, and that's where I thought I was going to be. I'm kind of mucked around with golf because my parents played it, um, but I, I was never serious about it. Uh, and then I got a quite a nasty leg injury when I was about 14, I think, which kind yeah. of, you know, my heart went out of football. Um, you know, I've still got the scar on my leg to prove it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, my heart kind of went out of football a little bit. And then, you know, when I left school, I had absolutely no clue what I wanted to do. Absolutely nothing. I knew I didn't ever want to work in an office. That wasn't for me. I was always an outdoor person. You know, we lived in, on the edge of the New Forest um, down in Southampton. So, you know, my summer holidays when we were at home, we were always out mucking about in the forest. And so I was always outdoors. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of, I think I was, when I left school, I think I was off maybe like 10 or something like that, nothing. And my dad just dropped me on the way to the to the, to the golf club. It was on a busy sort of road, and there was a, a little cut and through some gorse bushes. He dropped me off there at sort of, I don't know, quarter to seven in the morning. And, of course, then there was no um, mobile phones back then. So he just said, right, be at this spot at sort of six o'clock tonight. And, and I just waited there until he drove past and picked me up and, and I just did that all summer, and that was it. I I, I was hooked, um, and the the pro there gave me a, a a job on the on the old YTS scheme, earning thirty pounds a week. I thought I was the richest man in the world, <laughs> um, and that was it. That was me. That was golf, and um, and it's all I've ever done since. You turned pro in nineteen ninety six. You first earned your DP World Tour card back in two thousand and two. What are some of the and I'm sure there's been many, what are some of the significant changes that you've noticed in the 20 years you've been out there? Obviously, you know, probably first and foremost, yeah, the money that we're playing for. And obviously, Tiger's got pretty much, yeah, he's, he's responsible for that. Um, you know, he was what sort of 
really sort of you know taken golf by storm you know around the sort of turn of the century you know and we know he won the masters a couple of weeks before but he was really sort of then starting to gear up around the sort of early 2000s you know probably yeah. you know almost probably you could call it in his prime so yeah certainly the money um and and then because of the the way he went about his golf the you know how far he was hitting it. Everybody started going in the gym, getting stronger. So, uh, and 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 in recent times, more than anything, it's, it's just how far these these guys hit it, and 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 the younger guys. And and the thing is that they're not, they don't look physically strong. You know, you get you get some guys they can, you know, I was going to say they can fit through the crack of a door, and you know they're carrying it three ten, three fifteen easily off the tee, and it doesn't even look like they're going after it. Yeah, I, I've played a bit um, last back end of last year with Min Woo Lee, and <laughs> yeah. he swings it just like quite smoothly. Mm. You look at like Nikolai and Rasmus. Yeah, they, they don't look like they're going after it, and the, the ball just disappears, you know, into the stratosphere. So I think I think more recently, it's it's, it's just how far these these young lads are, are hitting the golf ball, and and it seems that that's that's where golf is going, and it probably unless something's done about it. Um, whether anything does need to be done about it, uh, that's that's another debate. But that's the way it's just going to keep going. Guys are just going to get fitter and stronger, and um, they're just going to hit it further. What about your own pre and post round routines? Uh, have they altered over the years as well? Not a lot recently, um, you know, because I've, you know, I think one of the things I'm sort of most proud of is that I've stuck with the same coach for all my sort of DP world career with Tim, you know, and I always wanted to, it's, it's just something that I always, I wanted to own my own golf swing, that I could f- almost fix it myself. And and, and me and Tim, as, with, with regards to golf swing, we, we kind of speak the same language. We see a lot of things eye to eye. So, um, you know, obviously we, we went down some roads that didn't work and okay, that's fine. You're going to make those mistakes, but you need to make them to fight. Right, okay, that doesn't work. So we found probably quite a long time ago, you know, that, right, this is what works and this is what makes you play your best. And right, okay, so I don't I don't really deviate away from that. So if there's going to be times when you don't play well and what have you, but right, okay, I stick to that blueprint. I don't kind of go off and go, oh, right, shall I try this method or this or that method or try to swing any any differently? You know, we've, we've got golf swings, you know, on, you know, we, we've got millions of golf swings on Tim's files that, Right, that's you when you're swinging your best, and this is you right now. Right, where is it slightly different? And, and I think that's and that's a good thing to always just fall back on. Right, okay, it looks yeah, it swings a little bit longer, or it's a little bit narrow, whatever it might be. Right, okay, so you can go right. Okay, well, let's work on getting it a little shorter, a little wider. This is where you are when you're swinging your best. So it, it's very sometimes it's very very easy fixes, and it's not big fixes. It's just very very small and. Uh, so it's you know I just want something that's very very low maintenance. Well, I'm going to ask you about Tim again shortly, but uh, in the meantime, between 2002 and now in 2022, I believe you've been back to qualifying school on six or seven occasions. Uh, how difficult is it to? I'm not sure it was that many. But there you go. Not that many? No, I don't think so. I think uh, maybe four. I think I'm not sure. I think anyway, doesn't matter. Carry on. We'll call it four. How difficult is it to be? relegated back to the challenge tour or have to go back to qualifying certainly as you get older as well yeah it's it's huge it, it really is huge just basically because of the disparity in what you can earn 
You know, if you have, if you happen to have, yeah, obviously everybody has financial uh, commitments, but if you've got mortgages and you've got family, maybe you have kids and that kind of thing, and you know, you know, they're not cheap. And suddenly, when you're slogging your guts out to finish tenth, and you might pick up two thousand euros, but it's cost you. Mm seven or eight hundred euros to play that event and then you've got to pay your tax on that it 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 doesn't leave you an awful lot and it really is you know there's no guarantee that you're going to get back um so it is it's a horrible feeling it really is as a golfer it's 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 the worst feeling in the world and tour school is even worse you know it really is just it's hell on earth for golfers six rounds of just pure knife edge golf um uh you know nobody I don't wish it on anybody, but obviously some people have to do it. And, um, you know, I'm probably fortunate. You know, I'll never really have to do that again, you know, because it's just, I wouldn't want to go back there. So, you know, so yeah, you know, I might have to go, well, I'm probably looking like going to a tour school this year for for champions. So Mm. it's slightly different because you're not necessarily playing for your career, but yeah, it's still not a nice place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I know you said that uh, you always wanted to be outdoors and that you never wanted to be in an office. But in 2018, when you lost your card at the age of 45, w- was there ever a thought of a career career transition at all? No, never. No, never. You know, I, I you know, I've, I've always said, I've said it many times. Well, one poor year doesn't make you a bad player. You don't, you know, if you've yeah. played on tour for that many years, you don't become a bad player overnight. You know, I still knew that. Right, okay, if I play the way I could play, I, I can compete, you know, and that, and just because you had a poor year, yeah, okay, you know, there was, you know, a few extenuating circumstances early in the year with, with, with the health of, you know, a, a close family member, um, which, yeah, mentally I wasn't, I wasn't at the races, you know, I, I don't use it as an excuse, um, you know, I, I played poorly that year, that was fine, but, you know, my mind probably wasn't on the job for the first five or six months until we knew that, yeah. you know, my brother was fine. Um, and you can't, you can't give the best players in Europe that kind of advantage. You just can't do it. They'll yeah. clean the floor with you. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you actually look at the latter end of that year, I actually, st- I actually made an awful lot of cuts towards the end of the year. You know, obviously there's a lot of pressure on you and I, I just didn't get the high enough results that, you know, I was finishing sort of, sort of 30th a lot towards the end of the year, it's just not quite good enough. You know, I needed sort of top tens, top fives to, to keep my car. But, you know, that's a, that's a tough ask to do when, you know, you really need to do it. So, uh, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I never, never for one second did I, did I think that, right, okay, there's, there's something else out there for me. You know, golf's all I know. It's, it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. And yeah, I don't know anything else. Well, 2019, you went back to the Challenge Tour and obviously played really, really well. And successfully navigated that route once again to get back to the DP World Tour. 2020, the pandemic hits, the schedule's up in the air. Did it turn out to be a little bit of a blessing in disguise at all that uh, not only did you get some time away from the game, but did you end up getting into more events than you originally would have? Well, because I, I finished like high in the Challenge Tour, I, I was pretty much guaranteed most stuff. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I was going to struggle to get in like the PGA, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I knew I knew that anyway uh, that I probably wouldn't play there, but I, I think the you know fortunately yeah uh, you know one of my one of my good friends on tour you know I've known for donkey's years we played amateur golf together played for England together David Howell is obviously the chairman of the players committee 
So I, during the layoff that we had, you know, I spoke to Howler quite a bit. You know, he was running a few things past me. What do you think for this? You know, we are having discussions about what to do. So I think the nice thing was that obviously when the, when the pandemic hit and we, we stopped playing, obviously nobody knew, right, what's going to happen. You know, um, how are they going to go on to next year? So I think the nice thing was that pretty much early on we knew, right, okay, cards are frozen. You know, so right, you you knew you had a job for the next year, so that that's all right. Well, I'm going to be at least I'm I'm going to be getting most of the tournaments next year. So that that was kind of a nice thing to um, to, to sort of right, okay, in the back of your mind. So when actually you came out playing again, right, okay, I don't have to. There's no pressure on me to right. I have to play really well uh, to keep my card or anything like that. So yeah, it, it kind of wasn't like a, a sprint to the finish because we didn't get back playing to what maybe was it very late July, early August. Uh, right, I need I, right, I need to play well in the next ten events to keep my card. That it was kind of like, you know, we were playing the next year, so right, it, it kind of freed you up that end of the year. And I, actually, I played, I played pretty solid coming straight out of the pandemic, actually. And you know, I finished mm. second in South Africa. I think I had another couple of top tens as well. So and I ended up, I think about I narrowly, I was first reserved for DP World actually, so I narrowly just missed out on the DP World Championship, which was you know unfortunate. That runner-up in South Africa at the Alfred Dunhill Championship, that was your third career runner-up. It must have given you a tremendous boost heading into 2021. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember how I, I started you know, the, the year of 2020, but yeah, that, that was great. Um, and yeah, you know, I kind of came out, you know, I've never, I've never really been a sort of a fast starter. If you look back through my through my years you know it's it's kind of weird you know golf is so strange that yeah I go I go to Dubai every single year early in the year before the tournaments I work my backside off with Tim and then the Middle East I've never really had a great Middle East this year uh I had I was going out early because I had my knee operation so I hadn't practiced so I thought I'll go out there do two weeks really hard work get myself back in shape and get my game in shape, and then I get COVID, and then I pick up a rib injury, and I go to Abu Dhabi, having not hit a shot for over two weeks, narrowly just missed the cut by a shot, and then go losing a playoff the next week. I mean, how can you explain that? You know, I, I could have gone there and worked my tail off for two weeks and finished 50th in both events, and I go out there thinking, well, okay, no expectation, because I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. Um... And end up walking away, you know, race to Dubai sorted already, you know, in, in January. You know, it's crazy. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, but, yeah, 2021, yeah, I didn't really start that great. You know, I was a bit, yeah, I was no. making cuts, but not really sort of doing anything. And then literally the week before the, um, the British Masters, the last round in, I think we were in Tenerife, I think I shot 65, I think. And, and I don't know, it just kind of clicked there and that was it and I was off. That was going to be my next question because coming into the Belfry in 2021, you'd actually made two of five cuts coming in there. So that 65 in Tenerife, that was that was the spark. You It ignited something, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just kind of, you know, I wasn't trying to do anything different. Of course, you know, you're not trying to go, you know, obviously you want to go out and play well. Of course you do. But I think mm-hmm. I was, I don't know where I was in the tournament. You know, I couldn't have been, I think I finished about, 20th or something like that maybe 22nd so I couldn't have been doing great maybe around 45th or something like that 
And yeah, I just got off to a great start on a Sunday morning. Uh, I think I was something like four or five under through through nine. And I think I shot six or seven under. I can't remember whether it was six or seven. And yeah, that was it. Uh, but I think the, the the big thing for me was, was yeah, we were, we were on a five-week stretch there. And we obviously because yeah. of COVID, we couldn't fly home in between tournaments. And, and I was just, right, I, I've got to go home. I, 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 and we were, we were flying back. I think we were on a charter flight and we got back into Birmingham about one in the morning. Uh, and Kate, uh, my fiance, she drove up to Birmingham to pick me up. We had to go to the Belfry, which is a half an hour further away. I had to test. And then I drove home. I got home at what? Three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. And I just, uh, I had a, a night in my own bed and then I drove back up, um, the next day on the Wednesday no, on the Tuesday, because it was a Wednesday start, I just drove up, I played nine holes. And I think just getting home, I just managed to, you know, I could just sort of unpack my case, repack it, kind of hit the reset button. The, the Belfry is pretty straightforward. I thought, okay, as long as I play nine holes, that's fine. Um, and yeah, you know, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> Tied for the lead there through 36 holes, and then you shot a third round 72. You were three back heading into Sunday, but you also had 10 players between yourself and the leaderboard. What what were you thinking after that third round and heading into Sunday? Like you say, I, th- I think so- something just clicked in my game on that Sunday in Tenerife, and I was just I couldn't miss a shot if I tried. It was crazy, you know. The uh, yeah, the the thing was, I was I was giving myself so many chances. Yeah, it probably did. You know, over the first three days, it probably didn't look like I was putting that well. But I wasn't I wasn't putting poorly. I, I was giving myself so many chances. That, of course, you're going to miss some. Of course, you are. Tim was saying, he said, you, you know, I, I think I was ranked one in every department T degree. Um, and I think, you know, Saturday, I, yeah, I, I didn't putt well. Saturday, yeah, I left a few putts short and what have you. It just wasn't aggressive enough. And, and like on the, on the putting green after the round, um, you know, Tim just said to me, he said, look, you have to be, you know, we've got to try and get you a little bit more aggressive. Uh, and he messaged me, like, like you said, 477 events. He's never sent me a text about anything. Um, and he just said, you know, if you want to win this thing, you've got to shoot 66 tomorrow. You have to. So you mm-hmm. can't go out there and just go, right, okay, you know what, I'll just cozy it up to the hole. And if it falls in, it falls in. You have to, you have to go out and, uh, and, and shoot this, this score at least to have a chance because there's, there's too many guys in front of you. And, and like you say, yeah, some days you just you just you just have the pace of the groups, and I and I had them right from you know I hold a nice sort of ten foot I think at the first it went in really nice pace, um, and I had a long putt I think on about the third from about sort of forty feet I left that dead so it wasn't that I had to sort of I left it four feet short and knocked it in it was literally just a tap in so I'd got the mm. pace of the greens really early um, and I just carried on hitting good shot after good shot after good shot and yeah you know, and, and a few of them dropped and um, and yeah you know. He's, like you say, he's never texted me ever to say, right, this is what you need. Even when I've maybe been one off the lead or two off the lead, right, you need to mm. try and shoot this. It was it's the only time he's ever done it. He's never done it since. Um, and, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. Some, you know, maybe it was fate, I don't know. Yeah, he had a sixth sense, obviously. You mentioned that. You mentioned that putt on the 72nd green, 28 feet. I remember watching that putt live. I remember the jubilation you displayed when you hold it. At that time, it was to go one in front, and the leaders still had four or five holes to play. 
was it more a sense of relief as opposed to thinking you'd just won the tournament with that putt? What were you thinking after you'd hold it? I thought, because I, I remember playing the last with a one-shot lead. So, and I know Guido was, maybe he was making kind of birdie on 15, maybe around about the same time as I was holding that putt. So when I hold that putt, I thought it was to go two in front, which then mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I was walking up the last. You know, I, I was, you know, I'd hit the fairway. Um, so I, I was just kind of thinking, look, if I could just, you know, it's not the hardest, sorry, it's not the easiest par four in the world. I thought somehow mm-hmm. if I can just make three, it would make it very difficult for the rest. I thought two-shot lead. And the thing was, when I was playing, though, the, the last few holes, the weather wasn't very good. It was a bit rainy. It was quite damp. Ball wasn't really traveling. It was quite cold. You know, 17 is no giveaway, par five, because it's a quite hard tee shot to hit the fairway because it's such a sort of right-angle dog leg. 18's tough. Um, so I thought, right, two-shot lead with the leaders have only got maybe four or five to play. It's going to make it very difficult. Um, so I think that's what it more it was. It was, you know, I, I, I don't think it was, I don't think I sort of thought, right, that putt was, I'd won, but I think, you know, I tried not to allow myself that, but it was more, I think the elation, obviously, yes, that I was going to be very difficult to beat from there. And then sort of sod's law, the, the, the weather sort of cleared up and it was quite sunny and, you know, and you kind of sort of think you're like, seriously now, right. You know, you're going to, this is what you're giving me. You're going to sort of ease it up for the others to play. Um, and obviously, Guido made a great run at it. And I know, I think Adrian Moronk had a good chance. Um, but yeah, fortunately, yeah, then it was just me and Guido. Well, you had to gather yourself for that playoff against Guido. And uh, of course, you won that playoff. Your first win in 478 starts. I mean, how, how do you put that into words? Well, I still can't, really. Um, you know, I guess. I don't know, maybe sometimes it's just it's just your time. You know, obviously, of course, I wish it would have happened a lot earlier. Of course, you know, uh, everybody wants to win earlier in their career because it kind of sets you up with that confidence you know, to then go on and win more. Um, but I think, you know, when I decide to call it a day or whatever and the journey that I've been on, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world, you know, the, the last 12 months for anything. Um, and, and, and the last 20 years, you know, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of, been, you know, there's been some highs, there's been some lows as well, but that, every golfer's going to face that. And yeah, yeah, of course, I would have liked to have won earlier in my career. It didn't happen. Okay, you know, I can live with that. Uh, it wasn't for the lack of trying. You know, probably tried too much maybe in some ways and, and got in my own way. Um, but, you know, we're only human. We, we make mistakes. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've been asked that question an awful lot. And, you know, I guess someone up there was just going, you know what, he's he's served his time, we'll we'll let him have one. And what about having your coach, Tim Barter, there interviewing you as you walked off the green? It must have made the moment ten times more special. Yeah, yeah, obviously, unfortunately, you know, family and loved ones couldn't be there uh, because because of the pandemic, which was unfortunate. So I got to speak to my... Uh, to my mum and dad on the on the Zoom chat afterwards, but uh, yeah, so to have Tim there, you know, he's we've been there every step of the way, and you know, over the twenty years, you know, he's he's more of a friend now than he is of a coach. You know, he's yeah. a very very close friend. You know, I, I talk to him about various other things. You know, not necessarily just about golf, um, and yeah, you know, um, he's a he's a just he's a very very close friend and. I value that more now than I value him as a coach. 
Um, yeah. Even though I still think he's the best coach in the world. Uh, well, he certainly is for me. And um, and like I said to him, I put it on social media, that was, that was as much his win as it was mine. You know, because... Tim feels it just as much as I do, you know. If I if I, you know, if I play poorly, um, yeah, even like when I've lost my card, he's yeah. You know, I was telling you know what, send me the bill for whatever I owe. He's he's like no no no, you know, you lost your card. I'm not going to try to look. And now I have a good year. He doesn't. He, he feels bad for charging me tens of thousands. But I say, hey, well, hang on a minute. You, you've got to take the rust with the smooth. You know, there's been loads of times where I've played poorly and you've not earned anything, and we've spent hours on the range. And when I play well, I don't tend to see him because I don't want to see him. You know, Tim's, I think that's one of Tim's great strengths is he's, he's happy for if the player feels good, right, just go play. And if I don't see him for two months, he's fine with that. He knows, right, okay, as long as the results are what you, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to contend every week, but, you know, your scores are good and, and what have you, then right. If, if he says to me or if I say to him, look, you know, my golf's, where it needs to be, and it's good enough to contend, right, go do it. Doesn't mean to say you are, but as long as I'm happy, then he's 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 cool with that, you know. Um, I don't know whether other coaches are like that. I'm not sure, you know, I've only, I've only worked with one, but, uh, yeah, I hope they are. Um, but, you know, you see an awful lot of players working with their coaches the whole week. You know, I, I, I don't like to do that. You know, we've, we've tried that, it doesn't work. Um, I just want to when I'm at tournaments I just want to play and, and get on with it and I'll see Tim away from tournaments yeah, he'll, he lives 20 minutes from me so we'll meet up at the Wisley um, do our work there and they're right you know so if you, if you see Tim working with me at a golf tournament you kind of know I'm in trouble so don't <laughs> bet on me that week if you see Tim with me on the range don't bet on me that week <laughs> <laughs> I remember you, you received some messages uh from some pretty big names, uh, A-list, A-list names around the world. Uh, who was your favourite uh, celebrity message from, uh, whether it was text message or Twitter? And also, how was the reaction amongst your peers? They must have been thrilled for you. Yeah, it was, uh, that, you know, that's just something that you, I, I wasn't prepared for. You know, the, the outpouring of support and messages that I got. You know, Piers Morgan messaged me. Yeah, Stephen Fry, I keep in touch with Stephen Fry. Yeah, even since, you know, I think when I was leading the US Open, um, yeah, he messaged me after I got through um, the match play. Um, I think he wished me good luck, you know, because the Texas Valero was my first PGA Tour event. Uh, even though, obviously, I know match play and majors count, but actual full PGA Tour event. So, yeah, I know he messaged <laughs> me there. So, yeah, you know, he um, he seems like a, a really nice guy and... Uh, Obviously, you know Fred Couples as well. Uh, what he what he wrote was was great. Yeah, there's there just so many that um, I probably missed some. Just not necessarily messages, but actual sort of like tweets that you were because you know you, obviously we know that you know once there's loads, it kind of show show you you got to click on the show all and and like I think on the Saturday night I was just scrolling through and you could I could never get to like the very very start it was just ridiculous but um you know I've still got every single message I've read every single message yeah I couldn't I couldn't reply to them I'd still be replying now but I read every single one and you know some people you know just wrote well done and some people wrote sort of like that inspired them to carry on their journey and what they were struggling with and maybe and it might not have been golf it might have been whatever part Mm. they're you know, their sort of life has taken them down. 
you know, some of them were quite emotional. Mm. And I, you know, and okay. some of them I reached out to just to say thanks very much, and I hope that you know you get to where you want to get to. Um, but that that's just something that I I just wasn't ready for, and and, and it was just for. I'm glad I had a week off after that because I wasn't playing um, because it was just you were being pulled from pillar to post with media um, and it, yeah it was so I, I was I was glad that I didn't have to play after that for for a week or so. You're still getting pulled left, right, and centre here now, twelve months later. But uh, what about the players as well? I mean, they must have been delighted for you. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, my, my, my sort of the. Guys that I'm close to on tour, sort of, you know, Howler, Richie McAvoy, Ollie Wilson. Yeah, that, uh, I, you know, I gave Ollie a lift uh, down to Heathrow Airport after the after the round on Sunday. Um, so, you know, and then that was nice because, you know, we kind of tend to, uh, we, we, we eat out most nights when we're at tournaments, like last week. You know, we eat every night, just the four of us. Uh, and up until then, I was the only one with a zero by my name. You know, on, on the DP World Tour, you know, Mac has won a couple of years ago, which was, you know, he took Bryson down. Yeah, I remember that. And Ollie, after all the trials and tribulations that he's been, you know, to win such a big event as, yep. as the Dunhill. And you know, obviously, Howell has been there and done it, and, you know, many, many years ago and was a, obviously one of the world's best. So, yeah, to, to kind of like them not have to rib me about that anymore. Yeah, come on, Blandy, you're the only one with a zero by your name. Um, so that was nice, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, so many were just, you know, yeah, so happy, you know, Thomas Bjorn was, was great. Lee, Lee Westwood was great. Um, you know, even, you know, Shane Lowry. Yeah. They, they all, I think they were all pretty happy and that, yeah, that was nice. I think just knowing that, you know, it's taking you that long, you know, maybe a few people might've just given up the, the hope by then, but, uh, uh, so yeah, it was, again, it's just something that you just, you don't really expect. Yeah, it was good stuff. Look, so much changed for you after that win. Uh, did you have to sort of reassess goals or take a new approach to anything going forward or did you just stick with the formula that was working? No, I tried not to. You know, obviously, of course, you know, any any win that you get, doesn't matter what level that you, you're playing at, whether it's your monthly medal or, you know, county level or whatever, you know, it gives you confidence because you know that you've, you've played well. Mm. So whenever you play well, even if you don't win, you know, even if you finish second or third, right? Okay, you've played well, so you take that from you, from from that. But um, you know, I, I think it was just them playing with the satisfaction that you know that right. You know, I can do this. You know, I, I can when it's required, when it's on the line. Yeah, you know what, I can do it. Yeah. And, and and that was sort of very, you know, in the in the recent weeks afterwards, was sort of very calming. Obviously, you knew you were playing well. Um, you know, and I think I finished like third in Denmark about two weeks afterwards or something like that. And then, yeah, then I was off to, yeah, like US Open. And mm. yeah, it, it was just kind of like, you know, yeah, my goal swing was in such a good place that it felt like I could aim 20 yards away from where I was trying to hit it to and I'd end up hitting it there. You know, it was, yeah, I, I felt like I couldn't miss really. Yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a nice place to to be and feel, you know, because... Sometimes, like I say, golf it doesn't let you feel like that an awful lot through your career. So you, you've got to kind of embrace it when you when you do feel that way. Yeah, for sure. Look, when you went to that US Open, I alluded to the fact earlier you led after thirty six holes. From memory, you were wearing were you wearing your your Stoneham your home club Wisley, hat? Wisley hat, yeah, Wisley. Wisley hat wasn't. It? Did you did you have any offers after a couple of rounds to change? Yeah, that? I did that week. Um, 
you know, I was asked, I think on Friday in the media about, about the hat because it's just a, a swan and someone asked me about it. And I, I wasn't trying to angle a deal or anything like that. And uh, someone asked me, I said, yeah, I don't have a hat sponsor right now. And, uh, um, and it, yeah, I just agreed to wear it from the golf club. Uh, one of my good friends at the golf club is, is on the board and I, I, we talked about it. He said, yeah, so the, the club gave me six or seven hats and, and that's what I wore that week. But yeah, after the Friday was leaving, yeah, I got a quite a sizable offer from a sort of betting company. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I had my, yeah, I had my fiance there that week and she was, she was unbelievable. She just, and she kind of sort of broke it down. She, you know, I, I would, cause I'd given my word to the golf club that, and I, and I was sort of having a hard time trying to make the right decision. And she said to me, look, you know, you've got to be able to play conscience-free. You've got to be able to stand on that tee tomorrow, not thinking about what the Wisley members might think if you're wearing this other hat. So, yeah, and that kind of then made it up for me to say, look, you know, the, the first thing, because of the time difference, mm. I, the first thing I didn't want them to see was me on the first tee because they're hoping, right, okay, Wisley member, right, there he is wearing our hat and I'm wearing something else. I, I would think too much of what they would think. And and I have to go back and look them in the eye whenever I go back to the club and, and speak to them and say, look, well, you know, I took, yeah, I, I took some money and, um, okay, yeah, I am a business at the end of the day. Of course I am. But, you know, sometimes when, you know, when you give your word to something, you, you know, sometimes it's worth more than, than what the money is. And, uh, yeah, and I know that the members were very grateful for that. And, uh, and I think they, they got a lot of hits on the website over, over the weekend uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, Kate was Kate was great. You know, I think I, I if, if she wasn't there and didn't sort of say that, I don't know. Honestly, don't know what I would have done. Mm. But um, it just allowed me to to play conscience free over the weekend. Okay, I didn't play that well, but um, yeah. So so yeah, it, it was fine. You know, it, it was obviously it was a nice sum of money, but it's not like I'm going to go buy a Ferrari with it or anything like that. So uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was okay. Well, that was a very commendable gesture. Uh, after the win at the Belfry, you referenced the third in Denmark. You actually had five more top five finishes for the remainder of 2021. And then that form rolled over to 2022. You did mention uh, Dubai a little bit earlier, uh, losing out in a playoff to Victor Hovland in one of the iconic events on the DP World Tour, the Slink Dubai Desert Classic. As joyous as that win was at the Belfry, was it equally as heartbreaking to lose in Dubai coming so close? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, any, any, any time that you, um, you know, you get yourself, you know, right in the thick of it on Sunday and, and not win, of course, it, 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 it's tough. Um, I think the thing, the, the thing for me was, was you know, I, I, was, I was going there with no real expectation. Uh, you know, Dubai was playing, you know, really, really tough that week. You know, as tough as I've ever seen it. Yeah, the, the, obviously we've been playing the new green layout, um, which was great. Back to their sort of like original size, and they were very firm. So, um, and yeah, I just you know I kind of I just kind of ground it out all week. That's what you needed to do. I just sort of hung in there and took my chances when I could. Um, but so I think, of course, yeah, I was disappointed, but I think I was just more. Yeah, I, I was really proud of the way I played coming down the stretch. Um, and, you know, I finished a birdie birdie to, to 
to get into the playoff, um, yeah, was was a huge thrill to, you know, to hold that part in the last. You know, similar to you know what I did in uh, at the Belfry. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I think I think if I'd have been sort of you know sort of playing there, going maybe playing well and having sort of maybe more expectation in my game and stuff, it might have been harder sort of harder pill to swallow. But going there, go right, okay, what? Well, I've come in with no practice, no preparation. You know, I, you, you, like you say, the disappointment. It, it was, it was. Like I say, it was just an easier pill to swallow. I think, mm. you know, yeah. Like you say, fair play to Victor. You know, I think he shot sixty six or sixty five last round. You know, round there on, on on Sunday. You know, he kind of probably deserves it, really. Yeah. Well, Victor's obviously become an absolute superstar. He's top three top four players in the world. Uh, you mentioned the Hoygaard twins before. The future of the DP World Tour is obviously looking pretty bright. Any other young Europeans that uh, we should keep our eye on going forward that are kind of flying under the radar a little bit? Um, I haven't really, to be honest with you, I, you know, they're all good players. If you're playing on the DP World, you know, you're a serious player now. You know, you're not going to... You know, no, one, no one's sort of giving the cards out for fun anymore. Uh, not that they did back then, but... Um, yeah, yeah, you know, no one, you know, no one's sort of really sort of standing. I think Asian Moronk, he'll win soon. I think he'll win soon. Laurie as well. You know, I, I was I was driving back uh, from uh, the course yesterday back to the airport, and I, we had I had Jordan Smith in the car with me, and you know, Jordan's a member at the Wisley. Laurie was. He's since moved to Queenwood. You know, Laurie's such a lovely guy. Um, he's such a good player, and I think it was once he. Gets over the line. Yeah, you know, we were gutted that he doubled uh, seventeen yesterday. You know, to to um, obviously drop out of the playoff. Um, but I think once he wins, yeah, you know, he'll be off. And I think Adrian will as well. You know, I think Adrian is a really special talent. Yeah, you know, I think he will be. Um, he'll be a good shout for the next Ryder Cup. I don't think he'll be far away. He'll be another one. Once he wins, he'll be he'll, he'll win multiple times and. Uh, a future Ryder Cup player for sure, as is Laurie. Um, you know, uh, again, you know, he's already a tournament winner. I've played, I play a lot with him at the Wisley. Uh, I've just just mentioned Jordan Smith. Yeah, you know, hell of a player, hell of a player. You know, he come close a couple of times this year. Um, so yeah, you know, the, the future is very, very strong for the for the DP World Tour. But you, you probably look at it, yeah. You, there's certainly the shining lights at the minute. So the Hogars, they are they are very very special. What about yourself uh, making a Ryder Cup debut next year? You know, we'll see. You know, I'm going to be uh, yeah, I'm going to be 50 plus by then. Um, I, I don't even know actually when the 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 the, the, the points must start very soon. I would think. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's you know, I think if you're not sort of like a yeah, someone that's probably played it or a, um, you know, what's like a Rory or something like that, where, you know, you're almost probably kind of nailed on to be in the side anyway. You know, it's it's not something that you start out with, you know, for me, it's not, right, okay, that's my ultimate goal. If it comes around, yes, of course. You know, for me, at my age, you know, I, I just, you know, I just want to, you know, stay competitive you know, keep playing well. I know that, you know, my my days probably on the European Tour are slightly numbered. Of course they are. At 49, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not being negative in by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just being, you know, being realistic. Yeah, how many guys at my age are still really that competitive? 
Yeah, there's probably me, Lee. Uh, I know you've got a couple over in America. Stuart Sink's doing it. Um, obviously, Phil, you know, when he's back playing, whenever that's going to be. Um, you know, there's not many of us, really. So, yes, I'm starting to look at, you know, the champion side of it. You know, I can, uh, I can go at the end of this year. Of course, I'm exempt still for Europe next year. So we'll see, you know, um, where I'll be playing my golf next year. I'm not 100% certain right now. Um, you know, I'll know a little bit more at the end of the year. But, um, you know, certainly if I got my Champions Tour card, then I, I will probably be playing that. Um, so, yes, the Ryder Cup may be not such a big sort of go-getter sort of thing because, yes, I'll come back and play in Europe a little bit. i play maybe the Rolex events, but... If it is that I'm playing champions next year, that's pretty much where I'm going to be playing. Well, this week, you'll be defending your title at the Betfred British Masters. It's also your 500th start on the DP World Tour. It'll also be the first time that there's crowds back at the tournament since 2019. So overall, no doubt going to be an emotional week. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of, yeah, but sort of when I sort of finished playing last year, I kind of looked at the schedule knowing where I was in how many tournaments I've played. So I kind of, you know, I, I tweaked my schedule a little bit so that I, I, I could get um, the British Masters at 500. You know, something that you know, I'm very proud of. Um, yeah, it will be an emotional week. Uh, you know, for some kid that grew up at a municipal course, you know, pay and play, people out in front of you, going out with a higher set of clubs that, yeah, and they had as much status on the course as you did, you know, to, to, to get to 500 tournaments. Um, yeah, it's, it's very special. You know, I was, it was a great, uh, a dream come true to play one European tour event, you know, but to play 500 is, uh, yeah, was beyond my wildest dreams as a sort of 16 year old kid, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Fancy your chances? Yeah. If, if uh, you know, my game's not, I, yeah, obviously Sunday didn't go the right way that I wanted to. You know, I, I need to drive the ball a little bit better. And I think if I can do that, um, you know, um, then yeah, you know, I, I, there's no reason why not because the rest of my game is actually not too bad. Um, but I think, it, you know, I think more than anything, I'm just probably sort of lacking a little bit of match fitness really. Um, so, you know, I've got, I've got some run of events coming up now. Um, yeah, I play British Masters this week and then, I've got sort of a week off and then go to America to play USPGA and, and the Colonial. Um, and then hopefully maybe Memorial after that, we'll see um, US Open as well. Um, already got the Open to look forward to at St. Andrews. Um, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty busy sort of two, two and a half next three months. So yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck in and hopefully yeah, playing some good golf and, and getting into contention. Well, given what we've seen the last couple of years, I'm sure you have plenty of years of good golf ahead of you. Richard Bland, thank you so much for coming on the Life on Tour podcast today. All the best with uh, defending your title this week and uh, good luck with the future as well. Thanks very much. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.